Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the GRIP podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth, the founder and CEO of Sisu, where real estate transacts online. And uh, today I am here with a special guest, Tyler Smith. If you are in the real estate industry, you probably know who he is. I know he was a badass real estate agent at one time, <laughs> and now he is the CEO of Skyslope. He's also the founder of Skyslope, but Skyslope has since been acquired by Fidelity. So he's had a quite a journey in the real estate industry, and I'm excited to learn about that today. Tyler, anything you want to add to that? No. Yeah, just... I, I love real estate. I speak real estate to the language I, I know better than English usually. So, and then I transitioned a lot of that to tech. So excited to talk about the journey and, and real estate and technology. We could talk about the acquisition as well, if that, that makes sense. It's coming up on five years and yeah, just here, here to provide value. Excited, excited for the, the, the discussions. So I'm excited to have you. So let's go back in time. Like, how did you get into real estate? What, yeah, what started uh, that? Because you know, if you'd never gotten into real estate, you wouldn't be here right now, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was uh, 19 going on 20. I, I hated living at my parents' house. I was like, man, I'm not going to pick up chicks living at this house with my mom and dad. So I'm going to buy a house. They're giving loans to everybody. I worked at a restaurant called Cattleman's Steakhouse. I was a server and I was, I was slinging steaks. <laughs> That's what I was where, doing. Where did you grow up? Sacramento, California. Sacramento. Okay. So joined, was a server at a restaurant and uh, said, Hey, everyone's buying houses that can't afford them. I'm going to buy a house that I heard I can get a loan. And they loaned a 19 year old $240,000. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like they're going to give me this money. Not only that, it's like 105% financing. They're going to give me money to buy a house. Like this is the greatest country of all, you know what I mean? <laughs> like everyone should move here. This is awesome. And my parents are like, you're going to foreclose. You're going to fail. It's not going to work. And, and I bought a house and through that process, my realtor back then, which is very customary, my realtor was my lender. You don't see a lot of that now, but back then it was like very standard because they were double dipping. It was a hot market. Everyone was getting a loan. Everyone who was a realtor got into loans because everyone needed a loan and everyone could get loans, right? And everyone who was a lender got into real estate because everyone was buying. So they were double dipping. But my realtor- What year was this? This is 2000 and right before the crash. So 2004, okay, so those, five, okay. five, 2005, 2005. Okay. okay. So, you know, it's stated income, get a loan. I bought a house. And my realtor was like, not great. And it was my lender. And I moved in and I'm thinking about it. I'm like 19. I just had my birthday. I move into the house. I just had my wisdom teeth pulled out. I can't move. And I'm like, there's no hot water. The dishwasher's broken. And I call my mom and she's like, did you get a home inspection? I'm like, what's a home inspection? <laughs> like, you know, she goes, well, it tells you what's working. 
And she's like, well, go check your hot water heater. And I'm like, where's my hot water heater? <laughs> like, and so my realtor slash lender did not do a good job. And I know that she made $13,000 on this deal. And so in my head, I'm like 13 grand. If I had 13 grand and I'm that's now I'm 20, I'm a millionaire in my mind. Like, holy cow, 13 grand. Like <laughs> my buddies are working for 12 bucks an hour. Like yeah, right. I'm lucky I'm going to make a hundred, 150 bucks tonight serving food. And so I literally called my mom. I said, I'm dropping out of college. I love you. I'll pay you back one day, but I'm out and I'm going to get into real estate. And she's like, oh, the worst move ever. Oh my gosh. You're like a sales. You're like a car salesperson. Like, oh my, like, it was like the worst of the worst. You're going to fail. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm out. And so I got into real estate and my first year I sucked. It was horrible. I'm like, I, I, I grew a beard. So I looked older my, my, I spent way so much, all this time on my business card. I literally throw business cards on the ground everywhere, hoping people would pick them up. I was so naive to business thinking I'm in real estate. I have business cards and people are going to call me because they're going to want to buy houses through me. And my phone never rang. <laughs> like, and, and that's when I was like, okay, I got to really change this. So my first year I sold one home. It was to my, at the time, girlfriend's father. It was like a $560,000 house. So I made like $18,000 and I was rich. I was like, <laughs> my friends, ah, I literally sold one home and I got more money than them. I have so much money. I spent literally five grand like on the dumbest stuff because I didn't even know how to manage money. I was like, in my mind, I was rich and yeah. I didn't even think about taxes. I'm like, what are taxes? I got to pay taxes on this. This is like, I got the money in my bank. It's mine. Like I was like a dumb kid who didn't know anything. And, and so that's how I got started into real estate. Like that was literally year one of like naivete, um, just going out there, getting lucky and making money. That's a, that's a great story. My, my wife runs a real estate team uh, and she has like 40 agents now. And a lot of these agents, like this is, they're very similar story to yours, right? They've been in restaurants or they've been whatever, but they've, they've never made over $30,000 a year. So they come in. And all of a sudden they get five homes under contract and those go through and, you know, they're making, let's just say they make 25, 30 grand, you know, cause they're on a team, they're getting team splits. Right. And all of a sudden, like these guys have no motivation. It's like, you would think, you'd think that would happen and you'd be like, Oh wow, look at this. Like I know how to hit the jackpot. I'm just going to go all out. Right. And, and so often they're like, Geez, I'm set for a year, right? <laughs> I just made more than I've ever made in a year in one month. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So I've been told, and I think it was Josh Smith that told me this, that you, Josh, and Tim Heil, I believe, were all in 30 under 30 together. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So tell me, how did you get from the point we just talked about selling one house to there? Yeah. So a regular that I had at the restaurant, they were in real estate and they always tipped me a lot of money and they were realtors and they're always like, Hey, you know this and Hey, if you know anyone wants to buy or sell. And they're the ones who said, if you're going to be in real estate, this is what you need to do. And they referred me to the coaching company, Brian Buffini and company or Buffini and co. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who's this like Irish dude. Who's like talking all this stuff up on stage. And I'm like, we're, like, we're going to actually like support you and pay for you to go. So we think it's that great. And I'm, I'm 21, 20, you know, like I'm young. Like, they looked at me like their child. I'm like, all right, I'll go to this thing in, in Monterey. And all right. And I went, I'm like, one, the guy's super 
interesting to watch and listen to. He's saying all the good things that are hitting me and liking, and he's, it's resonating. Why do I want to cold call door knock? And I want to work by referral, right? Like, and so I was like, I know myself and, and they talked about budgeting and I, I knew myself as I need accountability. And I always have a chip on my shoulder to prove people wrong. Um, and, and so I said, okay, I'm going to join this and I'm not going to join one month because I'll quit. I just know me. So I'm going to put five grand on a credit card that I don't even have. So it costs five grand for it. I remember that year, put it on there. So I'm committed for a year. I'm gonna give it a year. And they're saying that they can help me produce a lot more. And if they can't, then I'm out five grand. And if they can, I hit the jackpot. And that's when I got a coach and I, and I did a heritage profile that, so they know how to coach me and who I am. And it was a, a life-changing moment for me because I didn't get that as a child. I didn't, who gets coaching? Who, who knows who, what their tickers are and what works? And then who has accountability? It's like, hey, you said you were going to do these things. Did you do them? I knew the call was happening every two weeks. I'm like, oh, I haven't done anything. I better do it all tonight because I know I have to do it. And I needed that as a kid. I needed that guidance. I needed that discipline. And once I saw results... When I see results, I, I 5X down, 10X down, 15X down. I'm like, woo, that worked. Shelly gave me a referral and it worked and I made money. Let me do it again. So I went from selling one home the first year to joining coaching my second year, not even a full 12 months, eight months of coaching. And I sold 15 homes. So I thought I was rich at year one. I was a millionaire in my head year two, right? I was like, ha! My friends are going to college and I'm spanking them. Like, this is crazy. And so from there, I doubled down on the, on, on the, the prospecting. I, I built up a business. Uh, then the market hit and it started to go down. And I'm like, okay, I still have referrals, but I need to get into this short sell game and this REO game. So I built that all out. And I used the same things I used on clients to get referrals, but in the bank owns where I was one of the top guys for, for Litton Loan Services and Goldman Sachs and at the time Countrywide, that's now Bank of America. I did the calls, the notes, the pop buys to these banks, not to clients, to the banks. And then I would follow up and I had a whole system and I put all these things in place and it, it just kept, I was literally doubling, if not 5Xing in some years, my business and where I was selling with a team over a thousand homes a year, two years in a row. So Wow. 30 into 30 came probably at the 400, 500 unit range deal, probably like my fifth year, fourth or fifth year. But I was just doubling down and setting up processes. I was really good with processes. I was really good with managing employees. I only had four employees. All the rest were independent contractors under my team, but I was really good at that. And I think that's why, because I, I didn't focus on the bad stuff. I focused on what mattered the most. I can, I'm only limited to my time of how many homes I can show or home, how many homes I can list. I need more people under me that can do that. But I'm really good at building the relationships with the people that matter that can give me these, these homes at quantity. I, I, I remember I got a call one time from one of my asset managers that said, hey, I've got an agent who's dropping the ball and he's got 36 properties. Can you take them? And I'm like looking at my assistant, Jennifer, at the time. And she's like, no, we're busy. I'm like, yep, we'll take them. And like overnight, I got 36 properties, you know, and now I'm listing those. I'm going in and doing my own. And it's work to do all that. But in one thing, because they trusted me, I got 36 properties. And then I said, hey, I did a great job for you. Who else do you know in your company or who else do you know in the industry? Like I asked for the business because I, I, I provided a value. And so 
it blew up really quickly. And then what I did was when I double in and buyers would come, I, I took all the buyers deals that we did and I built relationships. Hey, you just closed the deal with my, my buyer's agent, Jimmy. We were going to stay in contact with you. I'm going to follow up with you quarterly. And I followed up. I would literally call, hey, how's the house going? I know Jimmy's been talking to me, but I want to know how it's going, what's working, what's not, what can we do with service? Because I knew that eventually that buyer's agent's not going to do it or they're going to go away and I'm going to build a rapport. So I was a machine. I mean, and I'm not promoting that for people because I mean, when I was young, I was single and, and but the outside world almost didn't exist. You can ask my friends, like Tyler didn't exist for three years. Like, oh, right, sure. Yeah. I you were, know. you were all into real estate. You were one of those guys that found the jackpot and you're like, I'm going for it. Yeah. Like literally like my friends, are like we didn't even, we couldn't even, we thought you died. Like we couldn't even get a hold of you. We couldn't text you. It was like, you didn't even exist because I didn't show up to anything. I worked seven days a week every day, 12, 14, 16 hours. And it was like, we were making money. My team was making money. My assistants, my assistant made like 250 grand and no assistants make that. Right. Like, and she was getting bonus on these deals. So it was like, it was like the wild, wild west, man. And I saw the opportunity and I said, Hey, this is when I'm going to do it. I'm all in. Okay. So you didn't go to college. If you're selling those kind of homes, I mean, you're making well over a million dollars a year. Right. So you said something interesting about your parents, your mom telling you, you know, you're going to fail. Don't do this. Don't do this. And you talked about having a chip on your shoulder. Do you think that's why you have a chip on your shoulder that, Hey, I'm going to prove that I can get this done. Yeah. I'm old. I'm ultra competitive, like super competitive. I'll, I'll give you a story. Um, at the time I was with Prudential California Realty. Then I left and joined Keller Williams and I was number one at Prudential I said, hey, I need to be around better and bigger people. Otherwise, I'm going to get complacent. So I'm going to go where I'm not number one. It'll push me to chase to be number one because I'm competitive. That's just how I am. My, my dad played a little bit of pro football. My mom you know, raised us while he was always gone, working and doing his thing. And so we just come from a competitive family. I had a brother that were less than, we're 12 months and 10 days apart. So we're like twins pretty much. So we're, we're competitive and it's only two boys. So I went, Keller Williams, I was number four. Um, and I said, hey, I want to go take the number one, two, and three people out to lunch. I want to pick their brain. I want to talk to them. You know, that's what I do. And remember this gal, I won't mention her name. And she said, I'm number one. And I said, I want to go to lunch with you. She goes, why would I go to lunch with you? I'm like, well, I don't know. Why not? <laughs> like, I'll share my tips and tricks. Just share yours. She's like, we're competitors. I'm like, we're in the same market, but this is a really big market. We're in three counties here in Sacramento, California, Placer County, El Dorado, like, like there's a lot of realtors, girl. And she's like, no, I'm not going to go to lunch with you. And I literally went back that day to the office. I told my team, we are going to double her numbers. And they're like, never going to happen. And at this point, I think we're probably doing like 250 deals, me and one buyer's agent and an assistant. Like, it's like, we're going to have to put in work to do this, right? I'm like, like, why don't we just put a, set a goal to beat her? I'm like, no, we're going to double her numbers. Like that's impossible. I said, if we double her numbers, I'm going to fly all of us out first class with the spouses, all of us to Maui. Stay at the Four Seasons. We'll do the whole thing, full eight day experience. So they're like, okay, well that's interesting. I said, you're going to put up Maui. I'm going to freaking we're going to play Hawaiian music in the morning, like the whole deal. Every morning we play Hawaiian music. Like we, I brought in hula dancers every month, just like the whole entire thing. We doubled our numbers by October. So when I think about chip on the shoulder, I'm ultra competitive, but I also like to just, I like to win. I, I, I love to win. 
And so maybe that comes from my mom. You know, she still says it today. It's like, oh, you're getting into real estate. That's horrible. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you're doing technology. Oh, it's the worst thing possible. You didn't even go to college for technology. It's like, you're, you're talking with Fidelity. That's the dumbest thing in the world. I'm like, Bill <laughs> says it. I'm like, I, I think she'll say it for the rest of her life. And it's a great, maybe I need has, it. Has she ever admitted that you've made a good decision? She's, she loves, first off, if you talk to my mom, she'll brag about me to everybody. I mean, yeah. our neighbor one time said like, don't you wish your son was doing something better, like an attorney or a doctor? And she said like, he'd have to take a pay cut for that. No way. Why would I want that? You know, like, so she, she hypes me, but she's just a tough, we have a very tough love mother relationship. But yeah. I mean, literally every single monumental milestone, I can say like, oh yeah, my mom's like, that's not going to work. You're going to foreclose. Oh, <laughs> real estate's the worst. Oh my gosh, technology. You don't even know. You didn't go to college. Like I can go it, tell you 25 stories on that. It works for you because you're so competitive. You want to prove that you can do it. A lot of people would cave, right? So yeah. um, no, that says a lot about your character. Well, it, there's pros and cons. I think, uh, look, my wife doesn't do well with that type of tough love pressure. Yeah. It, it doesn't work well with her at all. My brother, it does not work well with him at all. So I think you have to find, I think I, I value my mom for knowing that's probably the, the itch I needed to do the things I've done, but it's not for everyone. Everyone has different motivators. For me, I, I like to prove people wrong that I can do things and, and that that's inspiring and motivating for me. And it, it, it keeps me humble. Yeah, I love it. All right, so- you move over, you become a top realtor. Yep. You get, let's talk about 30 under 30 for a minute. How did, how did that come about? And a lot of people ask about that. I can give you, first off, I think it's a great uh, award to get. And um, I applied three years in a row and I didn't get it for the first two years. And I'm like, this is comical in my head, young, naive, a little bit of an ego back then. I'm like, why am I not getting this? Who's this person in here? And so again, so I do what I always do. I said, I'm going to call every single person who's made it the last two years. Like they'll take my call. I'm going to pick their brain. I'm going to buy them lunch. I'm going to send them the handwritten card after. I'm going to send them a nice bottle of wine. How'd you get in? How'd you get in? And there's a common theme. It was, you have to understand your numbers aren't just enough. Like I'm crushing everybody in here. Like your numbers are not enough. They're not. You have to understand they're a marketing and branding company. They're a magazine. They're a publication. What makes you stand out? Why are you different? Why are you unique? You can't just go off of, because I'm looking at all the numbers I'm doing, I'm killing it. They don't care about that. They want to know what do you bring to the table for the readers and listeners that help. And so I shifted my entire application and I got in like that. Like I have a whole, I did a whole blog on it too. Cause so many people are like, how'd you get in? I'm like, I'm just going to like write it all out so you can have it because that's what they're looking for. Yes, you have to have the numbers, but if you look at historically, sometimes you're like, this person's done like 4 million in rep volume, like whoopee or 25 million in volume. Now different markets are different, but you'd expect like, this is like the ballers list. And it's not always the ballers list. And I, I think that's, I think NAR did a great job at that because we can all look at the ballers list. It's, it's ranked, the Wall Street Journal, like it's all in yeah. rankings, right? This allows for you to see some of the things that are working. And I think it, for the readers, it allows for you to expand. So that's how I got in. And it was a great thing to say, hey, I'm, I'm one of the top 30 under 30. You know, that's great. It has clout and it was fantastic. And I used it as much as I can. But at the end of the day, you know how it is. I can say I'm with ABC brokerage. At the end of the day, the clients can do business with who they want to do business. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I can it's, say not going to, it's not going to affect clients working with you. It's 
Yeah. My wife, I think, I believe my wife got that the year before you guys got that, if I'm not mistaken. So it's interesting to me that you and Josh and Tim were all in there at the same time because you've all come out and done some pretty incredible things. So it's fun to see that. And that was Josh that told me that. So you're at this phase of your life. And how did this thought come about to start Sky Slope? Like most people crushing it in real estate, they stay in real estate. And most people in real estate that try to go do something else fail, right? I mean, as far as tech company, I mean, there's been a lot of realtors try to start tech companies and they have not succeeded. So like, how did this all happen? Yeah, it wasn't by design. So I learned, it's so funny. You think about now the market we're in and everyone's like, oh my gosh, offer management. And we have offer management because there's so many offers, but I built offer management literally over 15 years ago on a WordPress website because I had so many offers coming in and I built it for myself. So I went into SharePoint. I built a landing page. I made it look pretty. And it was literally like, if you want to write an offer on one of Tyler's houses, put in the address, put in all the data in the web form, upload your purchase agreement and your pre-approval or fax it. It had a fax number there. (laughs) And I will review your offer. And if you don't submit it this way, it will not be looked at. And I built that 15 years ago. Obviously that was in WordPress after a while it broke. And, but it was for me to organize offers. Then what happened was I wanted to open up a portal in the back end so we can look at it and compare them to see which ones are the best. Cause we were getting so many offers back then you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Obviously the market shifted, not as many offers. And I said, there's gotta be a way to store these files. Like I have so many files. I have my file for this property. My assistant has her file. And then we have our transaction coordinator W2 who has her file. We have three files in the office at the end of the year. None of them are like a mirror image. And we're storing three files at the end of the year of every single property we sell. So you sell 400 homes, you have 1200 files. You sell a thousand homes, you have 3000 files. So I had warehouses of these files because I was fearful that, hey, I'm, I'm doing so well. I hear about all these lawsuits. I don't want to have a lawsuit and not have everything. And we did everything by email. And you can imagine when you're doing, even in like the REO short sell market, you have consumers that may want to sue you because you're not representing them properly in the short sell market or even REOs. It's like, hey, I sent an offer to tire. It was higher. I saw it closed for lower. Is there something weird going on? So we did everything by email. So we have some of these files with like 45, 50 email stacks, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I said, there's just got to be a better way to manage this. And so I looked at all the platforms out there. They weren't great and couldn't serve what I wanted. I had really three big needs that I wanted and not all of, not one of them had the big three needs. So I built at the time, wasn't even going to be, be a business. It was called Smith Premier Properties portalinc.com. I thought, mom, I've got a domain. It has our name in it. It's so cool, which shows how naive throughout this entire journey I am. I'm still naive 10 years into software with real estate, but I was like, I got a cool domain and has our last name. This is awesome. And mom, it stores documents and, and it's for me. And so that, that was called version one and it worked for our team. And eventually you have the top producers and the 30 to 30, we all pick each other's brains. We all share ideas. Like, what are you using to manage your files? And I'm like, oh, Smith Premier Properties Portal Inc.com. It's like the coolest thing ever. You got to try it. And I would open and invite this to all these users for free. Cause I was like, Hey, these are my buddies, whatever. And they're like, it'd be cool if I had this. I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. We should do that. It'd be cool if I had this. I'm like, Ooh, that's a really good idea as well. At the time I built it over in India. And then I hired a couple in-house developers because the India team couldn't move fast enough for me. 
And I had a little feedback thing, which we still have today at Sky Sub. And it says, you know, what would you like us to do? And back then they would say this, it'd go to my team. They go, what do you think? I go, I love it. Do it. They build it and be the new Sky Slip feature or Smith Premier Properties feature. Um, at one point I had probably, I don't know, like 30 users on it. Not much, but I'm like, Ooh, these are like all heavy hitters. Like I don't know a ton about technology and I've got this really good bank machine over here called my real estate business. If this technology thing, this is like when the clouds, like it's in the cloud. They're like, where's it at? I'm like, it's in the cloud. They're like, where's that? I'm like, I don't know, but it's in the cloud. You know, like it's somewhere in the cloud. I always thought like, what if the cloud breaks? What if like it starts raining? What if there's a storm? Like, you know what? I don't want to be reliable, like liable for these forms and documents. So I said, let's separate it out and let's create a company just so we protect ourselves legally. That's the only reason Skyslope is a name today was literally to protect myself legally because I had a really good entity over here that was generating cash flow, and I didn't want to ruin it with this. I have an email still from that year where Jennifer, I'm like, here, like something in the sky with clouds because, you know, everyone's talking about the cloud. Come up with a couple of names. She was like, here's 10 names. What do you think? I'm like, Ooh, this one looks cool. See if the domain's available. Like literally email chain back and forth. People are like, what's the name me? I'm like, guys, this was not going to be a business. This was literally for myself and some of my top producing buddies. And so the beginning, that's how it started. And it was for teams. And then I was like to my broker, since I had leverage, because I was doing really well, I said, hey, I'm not going to keep printing this stuff out and turning it into you. And by the way, your process is broken. I think I can fix it and you can audit files a lot faster. And I can probably make you more compliant because people aren't turning in their stuff until after it closes. And then you're telling them what's wrong. And then they're going to the seller and have them sign things with a date post-closing. That is a red flag and scary to me as a broker. So then I built out a broker version and my broker usually is like, this is awesome. Let's get this across all of our agents. And that's kind of how it started. You know, we started with that as my first broker. One of the top producers in Arizona told their broker to use it. That was our biggest and first client, still a client today, DPR Realty, 2000 agents. And I think they're paying, they were paying like 30 cents a user at the time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'll do anything. I'm like, someone wants to pay me monthly for this. This is like mind blowing. Like, and that's kind of how, how it happened. That's how we started it. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Yeah, that's cool. So so that was about 10 years ago? Oh, yeah. So Skyslope yeah. incorporated for 10 years. This is our 10-year, or actually in 2022 now. It's our 11th year this year. Okay. So how do you make the move from this thing for your buddies and you that's having an impact on your business? You get a few customers that start paying you. And now how do you decide to make that shift and, and go all in? Because I know, I already know that you were told you'd never succeed at doing this. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was very uncomfortable, but I, I do well in uncomfortable places because I, I have this really great cash cow and my team, obviously you have to enthuse confidence to your team. They have to know you're committed. They have, I mean, you're, they're there, a lot of the reasons for money, but also for you as their leader within any company, let alone real estate. And so what was great was I set up these processes and procedures. I had a really good system set up. Like people were incentivized to do things. Those things I knew that they had to do would only bring in more business and referrals. 
And so it was like a machine. And so Jennifer at the time, who still works for us today, she was my assistant. I said, hey, I'm going to make you the manager. Comes with the pay raise, but you're going to need to, I'm going to be away from the desk one day a week. And I need to see how you roll with it and how you do it. And one day turned into a day and a half, turned into two days, turned into, she fully transitioned it. So it was still making money. And what was great was that money, I needed to continue to fund SkySlope. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was she, I took one day away and we hired our first employee, Ryan Bishop, who's now is a senior product manager here, but he was like, what am I going to do? I'm like, everything. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but we're going to like, we're going to do it. Like, <laughs> or we're going we're to figure it out. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. And we were just like, I'm like, I'm going to sell and close the deal. And what you're going to do is you're going to onboard them. And I'm going to show you how I would onboard them. And I'm going to teach you real estate. And I think, you know, this like, going from just like a standard common sense, talking real estate language is very different. And realtors, once they see a sign of, you don't know what you're talking about, like they'll exclude you and you're dead to them. And so, you know, even today we have an entire real estate bootcamp program. It's very intensive that before you even do anything, you do that first, because we know that realtors and brokers want to know that they're talking to their own kind, you know, and I can't hire realtors and brokers that would not probably work. So how do I hire folks and give them that perspective. And so back then we hired our first employee and then we brought on Jesse, who's still with us today. And from there we built the team and we built out a sales team and I brought on a CEO and he said, Hey, I'm going to take care of all the sales and run the team. You take product engineering and let's conquer. And that's what we did. And what's nice is Jennifer ran that real estate business really well until we sold that business. We were able to actually sell it because it had, I mean, I'm like, guys, I'm not even involved and this is the type of money it's bringing in. And, and I want a referral fee for three years. Plus I want to lump some up front and blah, blah, blah. Um, because Skyslope just, I saw the true value of it. And you know, it's been a tough road, no doubt. I mean, there you know, software technology and, and real estate is, is tough. I mean, look at it. I mean, there's tons of people trying to disrupt it pros and cons, people going out of business. It's a hard business. You know that. Um, But that's the transition from real estate over. I mean, it was a transition, but I did so well in real estate that I had a nice cushion. I I could have failed and not done real estate for some time and and done still pretty well. And I funded the company myself. So I didn't take a salary for seven years in in Skyslope. I was writing checks the first three and a half years. I was literally writing checks like, oh my gosh, I hope this pays out because I'm like burning through (laughs) a lot of cash. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally, totally get that. Done that many times. Yeah. So, you know, somehow, and Tyler, I'm not sure how this happened, but like you guys were able to get a lot of like national brokerages, franchise ors to come in and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to require that all of my compliance is done through Skyslope. So if you're going to be part of our company, you have to use Skyslope. How did you do that? Yeah, so I, I think there's a couple things that worked in our favor. I think one, my real estate background and me relating directly talking with these brokers was very helpful. Um, I knew real estate very well. I knew the compliance side very well. I knew the lawsuits that my broker had gone through and lawsuits that were like out in the general that were happening. And I said like, you wouldn't have multiple sets of QuickBooks. You wouldn't, you'd have one. Yeah. So why would you, like we are in this new world where it used to be agents would turn in paperwork and you would do it all paper. 
So there's three things. One, I can reduce all your paper costs. Now to think about that in today's world is like foreign. Like our, I wrote a book going paperless. That's not even irrelevant. It's not relevant anymore. Like it's irrelevant because who's not paperless? So if you think about it, like it went from, I can save you money on fax machines, on fax ink, on paper. I had a calculator on our website at one point that calculated the savings, storage costs. Like we are so much less expensive. Further, we allow you to expand so you can centralize all your offices into one processing system because we can audit faster. Think about it. If you're an auditor, you grab your paper, you're getting paper cuts, you're going through them, you're making copies, you're then putting the, the agent's inbox. It's hard for anyone to even think about that unless they've been in real estate for a long time. Like the rooks that are listening to this, they don't even know what I'm talking about. But it was the worst process in the world. Like this is what happened. I would literally go get all these forms signed and I'd pull them out of a file cabinet. I'd fill them out handwriting, which I had the worst chicken scratch in the world. I'd then... If they weren't carbon fiber, right? That the carbon fiber days, but if they weren't, then I would go and get them signed. And then I'd bring them back. I'd make a copy of every single piece of paper. I'd then turn it into my broker and it would sit there in their desk until their auditor audited it. The auditor would have to come into the physical location, audit the file, tell me what's missing signatures and what's wrong, make a copy of that. So she has a copy and I have a copy and she put it in my mailbox. And I'd have to drive back down to the office to get what was missing in order to get paid. It's like the worst process. And no one even thinks about that. Just like we don't think about taxi drivers anymore. We think about Uber, right? Yeah. So that was the process. It wasn't a hard sell of, I'm going to save you money. I'm going to make you more compliant. You're going to make this as your centralized hub. And by the way, if you have multiple offices with multiple auditors, you cannot, you don't need them anymore. One person can do this. So it's going to save you money there. And I guarantee your agents are going to get paid faster. And this, this is the future. And they would say like, no, 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 we don't want to make it mandatory. I said, I can tell you this is built from a realtor's perspective. It's so easy. This is easier than the process they're doing. I guarantee it'll resonate with them. And once you get one big client, great example is DPR. They were the largest at the time in Arizona. What did we do? We went to all of their competitors and said, hey, Keller Williams, DPR is using this system. You're gonna, you want to see it. Agents going to love it. They're going to use it as a recruiting. So think about it back then. It was you can recruit because why wouldn't you want to be the digital broker? It's new. It's fun. It's exciting. So that's how we did it. Obviously, now you can't go, hey, we're using Skyslope, so you should use it. That's not a value prop to realtors anymore, right? Yeah, right. But back then, it was massive. And so once you get some of these, what I call anchor tenants, the Nordstroms, the JCPenney's, the Macy's, et cetera, Dude, I mean, I'm telling you, it just, it, it opens up the doors to so many other things. It's the land and expand model. Yeah. So I, I love it when people see a problem and they want to solve that problem for themselves. And those are usually the businesses that su succeed, right? Um, the only way I started Sisu, I saw, I helped my wife build her team, yep. saw the problems. And I was like, we absolutely have to bring this to this industry. Um, yeah. So very similar, uh, just years behind when you guys got started. So um, I would love to hear a little bit about the acquisition and how that came about. Yeah. So obviously I, I, I funded the company myself. We were obviously cash flow positive um, after three years. So um, this is now year 11. It'll be five years in October with the Fidelity merger. So we're now entering around year four or five, call it. 
And uh, I'm sitting there and we were getting a lot of inbound interest from private equity companies, uh, you know, venture back companies, strategics. And I've always said, hey, let's keep in contact. Like we're heads down grinding, we're heads down grinding, we're heads down grinding. And this one company came to us and I was like, hey, these guys have been, I've been talking for a year and a half. I like them. They, I actually, they've given me a lot of tips. So but I, my goal was like, hmm, what can you bring to the table other than money? Like, and they'd give me some suggestions. I'm like, hmm, let me go see if those work. And I go apply them. I'm like, whoa, we increased revenue. Or have you looked at this? I'm like, no, I haven't. And so I'm like, eventually I, I, this private equity company is like, dude, we've given you so much ideas and your revenues increased. And so we're only giving you, you, you've seen what we can obviously help you with. And they were right. And um, so we got into it. Uh, I said, well, I don't want to sell the majority. I'll take some chips off the table. Sure. And um, we'll do minority investment and let, let's roll. And I'd love to work together. Um, and then I, I had a really good relationship with Chris Goff, GCA, which they just did a merger. And now with, I don't even know the new company, but um, he's like, hey, you, you got an LOI. You should run a process. There's several people who'd want to help you in this. I'm like, I don't know. I got to pay you like a broker, like, and I got to focus on my business. And he goes, I think we can do better and we have nothing to lose. Let's just look at the options. So we ran a process. The intent on that was let's, let's, let's de-risk a little, let's sell the minority, let's pull some chips off the table and let's then put some money on the balance sheet and freaking sprint. And throughout that process, obviously we had several private equity companies that were interested. We had three strategics as well, one being Fidelity. And we sat down and we met with them and I was like, well, I don't want to sell the majority. And, and I said, here's what's important to me. And at the time we went to Montana and met with Bill and the entire executive team. I said, it's important to me is like, you believe in our vision. We still control our destiny. Our culture remains the same. And we, we get to make money. It's like done, like make it happen. Like we don't want to control you. We want you to run. We, we, we like you who you are. And, and, you know, we're gonna let you do what you want. And that still stays true today. Like there's no interference. They've only enhanced us. They've only helped us grow. I mean, they got sales execs, you know, pitching our product out in the marketplace, just not pitching, but like making introductions for us for things. Like there's a lot of really, um, really great advantages, but the main part is they, they, they stay in their 8 billion, $14 billion lane. And they let us run in our, our lane. And they're there to help and guide and support. And so we did that deal. Uh, it'll be five years in October. And it's it's been fantastic. We've we've grown obviously tremendously at the time we were doing, you know, uh, we had maybe a hundred-ish employees. We'll have we're hiring, you know, 51 this year, 38 of those are product engineering. So we'll have, you know, 260 employees this year. Revenue's gone through the roof, margins been fantastic. They've taught us some ways of how we can improve margin in certain things. But really, they're just they're just to support. They don't they don't expect it. We're we're good operators. I'll say that. I think if it was opposite, it'd be a lot different because they've made other acquisitions where they've had change management and things like that. But you know, it's it's been a really great great uh, great partnership. Yeah, and that's and, great. I didn't know you guys had actually run a process, but uh, it's a fun story. And congratulations. Yeah, I mean, running a process, I think, is fantastic. I mean, not to get in the weeds to that, but I think in this market or in any market, like I will tell you, I get paid nothing for this, but Chris Goff is, is insanely amazing. Like I, I learned more from that than I probably learned in the last 10 years. And it wasn't from, it wasn't from the process, it was from how really intelligent people. I, I remember I, I got out of college, 
I'm smart enough to do the hard work and I, I'm smart enough to build stuff, but there's with true intelligent intellect, there comes a whole nother realm of things. And I learned so much in that. It was literally like I got my master's degree in how to talk about your company, how to pitch a company, how to sell a company, how, how to present a company. It was, it was the best. That was the best experience I've ever been in. And it's stressful, right? It was the best experience ever. He managed my, my emotions, my expectations and, and taught me along the way. It was super cool. Like super cool. That's great. I know Commissions Inc. ran a process as well. With the same it. company, actually, with Chris Goff. Oh, did they use him as well? Yeah, so Commissions Inc., prior to anyone being involved, they did a deal with Serent Capital. Serent Capital was actually a contender when we ran our process. Serent Capital took, acquired, I think, the majority or the minority, did a lot of work internally, built it up, and then they ran a process with Chris Goff, and that's when they sold to Fidelity. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Chris Goff, if you're in real estate and tech, he's, he's, if not number one, the, like the top guy who does it like, um, but yeah, they were also that, and that's why he told me like, Hey, we, we did this with C, this is kind of what we can do with you. And he had some, some home runs already that, that showed what he could do with us. And he did exactly what he said he would do. So. That's great. All right. So. I'd love to get your perspective and we don't have a lot of time left I think maybe 10 minutes. We've actually, we could stop now, but uh, it's been great. I'd love to hear your perspective on where's the industry going. Yeah. So I, what, what are the next five years in real estate look like? Yeah. I'll start with this. And this is what I, I said to my, my, my company. If you think about it, if you look at the last decade, I'll personalize it to everybody. Let's just not even think real estate. Let's just think in, in like, our human world society today, mm-hmm. coffee. We all drink coffee. Starbucks. 10 years ago, where'd you go to get Starbucks? You walk in, you say to the barista, I want this latte. You wait in line. You'd wait for them to, to, to take your payment. And what you would do is, this is 20 years ago. You would literally wait for them to call your name. Now you go back and now Starbucks come out, comes out with this payments app. I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. I'm like, I'm going to order coffee on my phone. I'm then going to drive to go get the coffee and I'm going to wait in line or did John steal my coffee? Like it didn't make sense. It came to our market and I was blown away. I get to order coffee and it works at the time. Revolutionary. Like I don't have to stand in line. Like now walk up and grab it. Yeah. And now you, you can't even imagine not even having that. It's like standard fast forward to today. Literally I walk out of my house and my iPhone attached with Starbucks literally knows my location service and says, would you like to order your cold brew on 7th and K? Yes or no. And all I say is yes. So think about it. We've gone from standing in a line and ordering coffee to mobile ordering to just saying yes. Digital revolution. Like we have rev- like that's true. Now let's even go, go to real estate. We'll, we'll, we'll personalize it on real estate. If you back in the day wanted to sell or list your home, what would you do? You'd probably look on your refrigerator and look at the cabinets and see all the calendars and all the little magnets of all the realtors. And you'd maybe call one. They'd have to come out to your house. They'd have to list it, talk to you. Would you have to stage it? You have to do this. They have to tell you a price that you hope that would be. And by the way, they're going to tell you, you're going to give me 6%. Okay. Fast forward to, okay, the Zillow's out there. 
where now I can see what my house is worth. It was like revolutionary. Oh my gosh, I can see what my house is worth. Whether it's right or wrong, I can see what it's worth. And I know the walk score. I know the restaurants. I know all of this, this little black book that the realtors had 20 years ago. Now it's exposed to today. Several different iBuyers out there, open door, just to name a couple that will literally buy your house with a click. We've gone from realtor coming to your house to me seeing what it is and being exposed to it to now I can get a cash offer within 72 hours. It's changed. Now, if you look at our industry, I would say for realtors and technology and brokers, it hasn't changed to that. And you've got the sky slopes, digital transaction management. You've got the e-signs, DocuSign, DigiSign, Athontaside, all those. Okay, great. But what's really evolved since then? I, I've shadowed recently a lot of these teams because I go out and I, this is how I stay fresh and I get in the trenches. And I'm like, what's a product you can't live without? What's a product you just you can't live without? It's like, they're still using the same things that I was using when I was a realtor. I appear based on muscle memory, I can jump in and do what they're doing. So what we did last year and this year, we said, hey, we're going to change the game. Like we're going to re re recreate the entire process. And some of the stuff that we're thinking about is like, how do you have everything that's self-driving? Like I tell my engineers all the time, like we have hard jobs here, but there's engineers that are literally trying to not kill people. And with technology, with Tesla, like Tesla has to not hit people in autopilot. Think about that. Like <laughs> your job is to do all this stuff. You're a data company, but I have to have a car that's not going to hit people and keep people safe. Like that's hard and scary. We just have to completely make the transaction autonomous and there's no humans involved. It's like paper. <laughs> and so what I see is like the true winners, I, you know, you can look at build versus buy, I think it's a build versus die. I think this market is the best opportunity for technology companies in the real estate space where they need to 10X on building. They do. They need to 10X on building. They have to think what is ahead of them. For us, why do I, why do I even need transaction? Why do I even need to audit? I should automatically audit the file. I have the form. I have the data. I have the signatures. I can read the data on the form. I can read the signatures on the form. Why do I even need an auditor? I should tell an auditor, I know what's wrong and this is what it is and just confirm I'm accurate. And then eventually I'm just going to do it for you. That's real. And we're working on that stuff. So when I think about in our world, what is it? It's how do you have a true autonomous transaction platform, right? Where it's all self-driving. Now, when I think of the real estate in a whole, man, there's like so much crazy stuff happening. If you think about it, the market's change. I think realtors have way more leverage now over brokers than they've ever had. I think for brokers, and we sell to brokers, so I'm, I'm so everyone's listening. I'm a broker, agent, team, transaction coordinator, assistant, fan. Across the board, I'm a lover of all. But brokers are in a, a serious problem because it, it, they, they have to shift to really change their value prop. What's the value prop you bring to the table? Because it can't be, hey, this brand is the best brand. At the end of the day, the agents get in business because who they are. Uh -huh. So... And, you know, it's, oh, we're going to, you know, help you and train you. And I can go on YouTube and learn all this stuff now. So the value prop for brokers, they have to, they have to fix that and change that. Yeah. We've seen is agents now have the highest splits possible. A lot of disrupting models out there. So guess what? Agents have leverage now. Um, teams have leverage now. And agents are almost like mini brokerages, mini teams themselves. So I think what you have to think about is where's the industry going? I think you have to also play in a lot of this digital space of what's happening. And I think you have to also get rid of a lot of the noise because there's a lot of noise out there, a lot of products, a lot of technology. At the end of the day, they have to work. And I think the real agents and brokers that are win 
are the ones that utilize technology, but also still put the work in. Right now, we depend only and only on leads. And I think leads are great. I think, how do you take that lead that you get and incubate it in a way where you have a customer for life? Hmm. I think that's, that's tough because we, we don't want to work out legs when we go to the gym. I want the arms and chest. It's the easy stuff to do, right? <laughs> but, I, I, but legs is the, peer, the hard muscle to work. I have to work that muscle. And I think that's really, and you, you know, I use that analogy. If you work legs, that's where you burn the most fat. That's where you hold the most fat. Like that's where you store the most fat. So I want to work that muscle if I'm a realtor or broker, because I think that's the muscle in the future that's going to matter the most. Like we eat the meat, we eat what's in front of us. This lead's ready to buy and we'll handle them. And I get it, but you have these other 10 leads that if you incubate them in the right way or referrals, uh, it's, it's a gold mine out there. And I think those are the people that are going to win. I think real estate's in a really interesting place right now. Yeah, that's, those are some great insights, um, Tyler. Thanks for sharing that. That's, you know, I usually dive into some personal questions uh, at the end here, like where you like to, you know, travel and that kind of stuff, but we are short on time. Is there anything you want to share before we, before we let you go today? No, I mean, look, I think that real estate's the best business anyone could be in. We, we, and I say we, cause I'm a realtor myself, you know, like I, I still, I still have that, that mindset for myself is like, we paid a lot of money and I think realtors have to start to think about how to provide value. If you talk to your clients, how happy are they with your services? Well, I'll say, Oh no, they're happy. They're happy. No, how happy, real happy are they? Because we are going to be the disruptor of our own business. I do believe that if we can't provide value, if we can't get on with the technology that's needed. If we can't provide updates and, and be the best of the best, I'm telling you, it just causes for disruption. And it just causes for why is a consumer feel they need to pay you 6%. It's our job as realtors to articulate the value of why I get paid 6%. And it's not because oh, it's standard. It's not because of that, because that's where disruption happens. So we have to get better as realtors to equip ourselves with the tools and the talk tracks of why we're valuable and we have to also deliver on that value. And I think we are the biggest folks that are hurting ourselves in this industry. So I just, my, my, my message would be like, double down on your value, double down on why, why you think the house is that much and use data, not an opinion, you know, double down on making sure what you say you're going to do, you're going to do. And we're all going to say like, oh, that's what I do, Tyler. But I'm going to tell you, like, I, I see a lot of realtors out there that aren't doing that. And I'd say it's more the majority than the minority. Um, and I'm for it. I'm one of them. I'm waving the realtor flag all day, baby. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, making it myself. So that, that would be my message to folks. Okay. Well, uh, it's a great message. Obviously you have a passion for the business, for the industry. You've had a major impact on it. So congratulations on that. And thank you for, you know, being willing to step out and take some time with me today, Tyler. It's been a lot of fun. It's been fun going back through memory lane. Thank you. So there you have it. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, make sure that you use the coupon GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, on iTunes. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.